Israel said the entire population of the northern Gaza Strip should evacuate within 24 hours. That is where we're starting the show. I'm Jeff Pierre, and this is The 7 from The Washington Post. It's Friday, October 13th. Let's get you caught up with today's seven stories. The evacuation order of 1.1 million people comes ahead of an expected Israeli ground invasion. Israel said it plans to end Hamas rule in Gaza after the group killed over 1,300 people on Saturday. An Israel Defense Forces spokesperson read from a statement to Palestinians in the north of Gaza this morning. The Hamas terrorist organization waged a war against the state of Israel, and Gaza City is an area where military operations are taking place. This evacuation is for your own safety. You will be able to return to Gaza City only when another announcement permitting it is made. The United Nations has warned that the evacuation would have devastating humanitarian consequences. Food, water, fuel, and medicine are running out as Israel imposes a siege on the densely populated territory, and there's no way for civilians to escape. Border crossings out of Gaza are closed. Over 1,500 people in Gaza have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, and casualties are expected to rise. Israel said yesterday it had dropped a staggering 6,000 bombs on the besieged territory so far. Hamas said today that Israel's airstrikes had killed 13 of the hostages it's holding captive in Gaza. Cities across the U.S. have stepped up security today as a former Hamas leader called for worldwide protests in support of Palestinians. Some Jewish schools and synagogues plan to close today. At number two, Steve Scalise has dropped his bid to become House Speaker. The Louisiana Republican was unable to secure enough support from his party to win a majority in the full House. That's despite the fact that he was chosen as the GOP's nominee on Wednesday. Scalise spoke to reporters yesterday. This House of Representatives needs a speaker and we need to open up the House again. But clearly, not everybody is there. And there's still schisms that have to get resolved. Without a speaker, the House cannot pass legislation to aid Israel or to avert a government shutdown next month. Republicans will restart the nomination process today. At number three, Senator Bob Menendez was charged with conspiring to act as a foreign agent. The charges come after a federal indictment last month. It alleged that the powerful New Jersey Democrat and his wife accepted bribes in exchange for exerting his political influence. Menendez was hit with new charges yesterday after federal prosecutors rewrote their indictment against him. It means he faces even more intense legal peril as he continues to resist calls to resign. An Aurora, Colorado police officer was convicted in Elijah McClain's death. That is our fourth story today. A jury found Randy Rodima guilty of criminally negligent homicide and third-degree assault in the 2019 death of Elijah McClain. He'll be sentenced on January 5th. McClain was a 23-year-old black man, and he was unarmed when he died. Another man, former police officer Jason Rosenblatt, was found not guilty of all the charges he faced in connection to the killing. 
Rodima's and Rosenblatt's case is the first of three trials in McLean's death. The trial of another Aurora police officer begins today, and two Aurora fire rescue paramedics will be tried later this year. Number five, two-thirds of schools struggle with high absenteeism. This is according to a new report. It said that 66% of schools reached a high or extreme level of students repeatedly missing classes in 2021 and 2022. This was the first year of full in-person learning post-pandemic. The reasons behind this are complex. The report's authors said that some teens may have found jobs during the pandemic and continue to work. The student mental health crisis could also be a factor. Students are considered chronically absent when they're out of school for at least 18 days or 10% of a school year. The implications here are serious. Absenteeism is linked to marked drops in student test scores, and teachers have to scramble to help students make up lessons they missed while still keeping other students on track. At number six, scientists may have found a way to tell when coma patients are conscious. They're using MRI scans to identify patients who may appear to be in a coma, but are actually processing some of what's happening around them. About 15% of brain injury patients believed to be unresponsive could have this hidden consciousness, and the scans can improve their chances of getting the right care and recovering, and not being taken off life support too soon. In related news, scientists yesterday unveiled the most detailed portrait yet of the human brain, They call it a brain atlas, and it is wild. We have images of it on our site. You should check it out. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour movie is finally here. That is our last story today. The film showcases the songwriter's record-breaking tour, It had its premiere in Hollywood this week, where Beyoncé made a surprise appearance. It started showing in theaters last night. Tickets for the film cost $19.89 for adults. That, of course, is a reference to Swift's 1989 album. She's set to release a new recording of that album this month. Children and seniors will pay $13.13. This is a reference to Swift's lucky number. And as Taylor said herself, Era's attire, friendship bracelets, singing, and dancing are encouraged. That is the show for this week. The assistant producer of The Seven is Taylor White. The staff writers are Jamie Ross and Hannah Jewell. John Taylor is our editor. Additional editing by Christina Quinn. Copy editing by Melissa No and Francis Moody. Mixing and sound design is by Jim Briggs and Justin Garish. Our theme music is by Edith Mudge. Our director of audio is Renita Jablonski. I'm Jeff Pierre. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and I will meet you back here on Monday.